Hi, this is Jeff Tate, and you're listening to Middle-Aged Metalheads. Hello? Yes, uh, this is uh, a sort of on-site, on the scene. On the scene, from the street. From the street, Middle-Aged Metalheads. Hi, I'm Michael Stamps, joined here by Colin Bossler. And we are at the Jeff Tate Operation Mind Crime Show here in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. And uh, we're just out here in the pre-show area on the deck, uh, which is, again, it's like a lovely scene. It's beautiful uh, out here. It's, uh, as you might expect, Colin, not a not a young crowd. No, no, middle-aged. It's uh, definitely <laughs> middle-aged. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to try to, like, uh, go about and make some friends. We want them to, like, be aware of us. And we also want to kind of like learn a little bit about what their, uh, you know, what brings them out tonight. Because uh, obviously they're Queensryche fans. And uh, this is Colin, and I'm in, I'm Mike, and uh, so we do a podcast called Middle Age Metalheads. Okay. Uh, my name's Steve. I'm just here to see the band Jeff Tate. So, uh, Steve, so where, where are you coming from? I'm coming from Lancaster. Lancaster. Okay, so that's Lancaster. a good. Oh, you said Lancaster. I said Lancaster. Okay. That's, no. That's, I, I say Lancaster just because the fact, people always mispronounce it wrong, so. No, again, I think it has these multiple pronunciations. So have you, uh, so w- w- when when did you ever get into uh, the Queensryche band? Probably back when Operation Minecraft came out back in the late 80s, whatever I was into it. So All right, so you're like kid. going back to like 88 or so. Did you ever see them uh, perform live back in the day? I didn't, no. I only started seeing Queensryche back probably 2009, 10, something like that, when Jeff was still in the band yet, before he okay, left. Okay, cool. I saw him at the Keswick. I saw him at uh, House of Blues in Atlantic City. So a couple times before they broke up. 2012, I think it was, when they broke up. Up, right. That, that's awesome. That's when Jeff Tate left. Was it? Was there like a, a particular thing that drew you to Queensryche as a, as a band, the music? I just song? liked the album Empire and Operation Mindcrime, so those were the reasons why I got into Queensryche. I mean, I was I know they had albums out earlier than that, but those were the two albums: Operation Mindcrime being the first one, Empire being the second one, were the best albums. All right, so you, you never got into like the earlier stuff, like the Warning. I mean, I do like the, the earlier stuff. I, I didn't I didn't really know about it till after I listened to those albums and time went on and stuff like that. So that's super cool. You come all the way from Lancaster. Lancaster or Lancaster uh, to come to Sellersville very often? Yeah, I saw Last in Line here like last month. So oh, yeah, every that's one, right. Every once in yeah, a while. Chris, a Chris was at that show, and it was yeah. apparently pretty awesome. He had like a awesome. Dio band with Vivian Campbell and... Uh, was it a, Carmen or Vinny? I forget which one. One of the pieces. No, no that, that would definitely be Vinny. It's Vinny, yeah, Vinny. Okay. Yeah, Carmine is Carmen's with... Carmine's uh, Fudge or whatever, so I always get those guys too confused or something. Yeah, Carmine does like... Uh, I think he's doing like uh, drum-offs with his brother or he's doing King Cobra stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, he's in the Vanilla Fudge, I think, too, or something like that. Maybe. I yeah, that, that was, a, that was his original yeah. band, kind of the Vanilla Fudge. That's going back into the 60s. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what, what other music are you listening to today? Are there like new bands that you're into that kind of like kind of keep you current with heavy metal pretty much i mean i listen to probably anything but i mean like if you're talking like newer bands like rock and roll bands like red event fleet i like saw them a couple times last month i like uh you know anything in the 90s corn limp biscuit system of a down although not really listen to them too much okay so bands from the 90s kind of like the new metal wave and whatnot yeah i'm listening to all that stuff rage against the machine tom morella all that stuff that's awesome well, thank you, Steve, for uh, for joining us here on the Middle.
middle-aged male ads, you want to give us a little bumper? Say, hey, my name is Steve, whatever your last name is. I come from Lancaster or Lancaster. This is Steve Easton, and uh, listen to the middle-aged metalheads. Perfect. How much is a beer in here? We're at the show together, but he's doing Chuck, are you coming to see the show? You want to talk to us about it? We're, we're here on behalf of... What? If you talk to somebody, this guy's like, like, oh please, this guy's like, he's the like, aficionado. Yeah, I literally, I thought you were talking to Angela, like, why would you talk to me? I'm like an old guy, like, you know. No, this is middle-aged metalheads. We are a podcast dedicated to middle-aged metalheads. It's right there in the title. Do you want to talk to us about, like, why you're here tonight? Uh, been a fan of metal for a long, long time, along with a bunch of other things also, but, uh, so Russell, at what, at what point did you first, like, I don't know, get introduced to Queensryche and its particular brand of uh, heavy rock? Uh, the very first EP. Oh, okay. Uh, the, uh, the Queen of the Reich, and the very first EP, a friend of mine gave me that and said he, he copied it onto his cassette. Okay, which, yeah, which makes me middle-aged, and uh, yes, he gave it to me, and uh, we, uh, I, I listened to it, liked it a lot, and bought that one, and the subsequent followings, and Operation Mindcrime, of course, was huge in 1991, and 1990-ish, 89, I think we're going to say like 1988, 88, 89, yes, yeah. yeah. So not, not that it, we don't remember games exactly, and, uh, and uh, followed up a couple tours after that, and always been good, so yes. Nice. Yes. So, you, so you're out here, have you been to Sellersville Theater? I, I, I'm a member here, actually. I've oh, been here okay. dozens of times. So, so uh, you, you, you can look around kind of at the the crowd out here on the uh, deck, and you get a sense of like what the, the base yeah. level of the audience's age is. And it's, it's not a whole lot of kids hanging out. No, no, there isn't. Where's I, Jeff Chain? I want to know who Jeff He's not Justin Bieber. <laughs> no, no, he's not. No. He's no. Not. However, there is a, a, an interesting... Um, I will say dichotomy going on of oh. kids who are in the 20 to 18 to 20 year old range who buy the shirts because the van's cool, aka Iron Maiden and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, don't know a whole lot about the bands. They like the imagery. They like the imagery of the bands. Yeah. And because there are not a lot of touring bands right now of popular music that lends them to possibly leak into these types of it's, it's, concerts that may happen. It, it, it's quite possible. Like it, I don't want to say rock and roll is dead because it fucking pisses me off when people say that. Excuse me, am I allowed to swear on this? You can swear okay. on this, sure. Okay, yeah. But um, it's not. And, you know, with um, the newer bands like Rival Sons who are out and like, um, you know, some of the others... Mm-hmm. It's obvious it's not, and hopefully there's a little comeback here, and we can get away from the um, focus on rap and hip hop and and things that are done with a lot of uh, nobody really singing and nobody really playing anything. Yeah, but again, um, we we enjoy lots of different types of genres of music. Right. Uh, but something about metal keeps us coming back. Do, do, do you feel keeps like, me young? Do, so so you feel like that's part oh, yeah. of it? That you're like reliving Hell your yeah. youth. Reliving the, reliving the youth, and I do like the newer stuff that some of the bands are still putting out. You know, okay. So what? Godsmack, Disturbed. And that's, they're not newer bands, but their newer stuff right. is very good. Okay. You know, and that, Tool, the new stuff, Perfect Circle, all that stuff is still yeah. really, really good. Yeah. So, so so you 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 survive 
Whatever the sort of uh, metal meltdown of like yeah. the early nineties okay. was. I'll say what nobody else ever says. Okay. Oh. I survived Nirvana and Pearl Jam okay. fucking killing hairband music. Okay. Because those well. fucking bands Nirvana, one of the most overrated bands in the history of music. Okay, yeah. Okay. People have said killed, that before. You know, one day everybody was playing Rat, Twisted Sister and everything else. True. The next day Nirvana comes out and throw everything off the turntable and those bands couldn't draw fifty people in a place like this. Absolutely, yeah. What happened there? And, and don't get me wrong, I like a lot of those bands. Nobody from Pearl Jam did, but you know, Stone Temple Pilots. Think about all the, the greatest bands from that era. Uh, let's talk about Nirvana. Stone Temple dead. Pilots. Nirvana. Dead. 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 Uh, Alice in Chains. Alice dead. in Chains. Dead. Soundgarden. Dead. Yeah. Uh, all those, you know, okay. And I don't like that that, that happened. However, yeah. they're all gone. You didn't kill them, Russell? I didn't kill them. Okay. Okay. Well, that's for the record. Yeah. yeah. But I also wasn't the guy wearing infl- wearing flannels you and staring at the ground. Okay. So you you survived that Two too. lights and a tiny drum set. Yeah. That stuff's dead. Yeah. But w- were you the guy, like, uh, in the 80s when you went to shows, were you wearing spandex and, like, maybe, like, teasing up your hair? Uh, I had no hair, first of all. So it didn't matter. That's, that's still it started going. It's, I have none right now. But yeah. I had very little back then. Uh, I had some, but nothing to, to, to brag about. And uh, no, I never had spandex. A little too, little too large for the spandex. Okay. Sorry about that. All right. But uh, yeah. When, when you went to a rock show, how would you attire yourself? Eh, jeans and a t-shirt. Jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. There you go. Basic sort of like dirt I, bag. I my main killer's band. t-shirt. You know, which was an original one. I have a remake now. But yeah, okay. yep. See, and that's the thing too. All the kids could just. Yeah. I had to go. To, I had to go to Hot Topic and buy a remake. Yeah, are you fifty-year-old guys? Is in, is in, or you just get them on Amazon, right? <laughs> like there you go, instant cred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before you had to go to the show and fork over your cash and get the T-shirt, bring well, it to school. Back the then next it was day. a ten-dollar T-shirt. We're at the Sellersville Theater tonight. The T-shirts are twenty-five dollars, and that's cheap. Yeah. Most people want fifty. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's how that Past is. Past the days of spending fifty bucks on a T-shirt, even though I make ten times more money now than I did then. But yeah, but you'll still buy it though, right? No. You'll pass on the fifty dollars t-shirt. Why am I going to wear a fifty dollars t-shirt? I don't know. Like at, with the cool like kids at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the same sort of like uh, peer groups to impress, I guess. Not exactly. <laughs> so there you go. Because uh, well, I'm here sitting here with Russell as he's smoking on a cigarillo, and he's got a titleless hat, and he's got an open buttoned uh, kind of like a fishing like a cargo shirt. fishing shirt yeah. with uh, some. Uh, I guess we would just call them khaki shorts. Patagonia. And he's got some uh, sockless, uh, I guess we call them sketcher flip floppies. With the golf tan around Yeah, he's like totally relaxed. If you were to like, I don't know, put him in a police lineup, he's like, is this a middle-aged metalhead? You'd say like, yeah, yeah, he is. He is, yeah. I'm the guy who would know the words of Halloween being that age, really? But he's outgrown the look a little bit, but... In his heart, in his DNA, he's out here for Jeff Tate tonight. So that's it. awesome. Thank you, Russell, for uh, hey, spending some time for us. It. You want to give us a little bumper? And by a bumper, I mean like, hey, my name is Russell. Last name. Uh, keep on listening to Middle Age Metalheads on, uh, or just that's enough. Just listening to Middle Age. Hey, it's Russell Vuba, Middle Age Metalhead. Y'all keep listening to Middle Age Metalheads. Cool deal. Thank you, Russell. We'll do it like an awkward handshake. We're going to be interviewing Jeff later on. Yeah, so. I'm Sean. Hey, oh, you're Sean. I'm Michael. Nice yeah. to meet you. All right. Okay, so you're you're actually doing the merch table. Uh, just while Emily's on stage. 
Okay, that's cool. All right, so we're, we're also. I was just going to throw down some little flyers for people to pick up. Uh, yeah, sure. Because they're they're curious. They're uh, they, they think they're stickers, but they're not. I have stickers. If you want a sticker. I would hope they would more than appreciate they'd like want to put it on their mom's Subaru or some shit there you go we gotta get we gotta get the sticker mule up and running all right so I'm my colleague Colin he's he's in watching uh, watching the opening All right, well, thanks. Hey, this is Michael Sampson coming to you live here from Sellersville Theater. This is the little post uh, concert <laughs> with, uh, with with Colin Bosler here, and we're. Uh, like I, I guess we're like a little bit sweat drenched, and there's still like a lot of enthusiasm on a Tuesday night. Yep, it was an excellent show, man. Jeff was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It was all about it was all about the songs, all about the drama, all about the people who love this sort of performance. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna like just move around here on the sidewalk out here in Sellersville. We're gonna like meet and greet some people, okay. and we're gonna like introduce them to uh, the middle-aged metalheads. And, and, I'll, and, and I'll get the long cord part. <laughs> you got it. How you doing? Can we interview you? Absolutely. All right, we have a podcast called Middle Age Metalheads. All right. What's your name? Nick. And Nick, were you just inside in the show in Sellersville? I was. It was absolutely incredible. Tell us a little bit about it. Why was it incredible? Well, one, he redid the whole album, one of the greatest albums of all time. I mean, I was here last year, and I said last time it was the greatest show I've ever seen in Sellersville. Even, right. a, even a second time around? And even the second time around. It was absolutely incredible. He hasn't lost a step. It's oh, mind-blowing. I agree. I agree. What, what After he did Operation Mindcrime, he did three from Empire. Yes. Did that surprise you that he went that strong? with the Empire album and not anything earlier? No. No? Because, I mean, you look at what those... I mean, like, popularity-wise, I mean, you think... You think Operation Mindcrime, you think Empire. I mean, okay. you get... I mean, you get really deep with the crazy metal heads. I mean, I love their early stuff. I do. But, I mean, Queen Drake in their prime. I mean, you're talking those two albums right there. Okay. All right, so you think you went for popularity? I do. And the band. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved their hair. Uh, I mean, Queen of the Reich or something like that, but I just don't think it would have grabbed as many people as it did with playing the Empire stuff. All right. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Do you have anything, Michael? She's busy smoking. Uh, uh, so, Nick, right? Yes. Um, you, 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 don't, you, you don't exactly strike me as middle age. Uh, <laughs> can, can you give us, like, your uh, your age here? So, we, uh, 22 going on 23. Okay. So, th- this is Nick here. And I, I was, uh, Colin, I was, I was chatting with him a little bit earlier, and we were, like, reminiscing about this... Uh, Kind of like one and done sort of LA band called Junkyard, uh, of which Nick is wearing a T-shirt of, which 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 is not even like possible because I don't know where he got you that shirt. I did not know. I know the guys in the band. Oh, and, 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 and his friend here also has a Junkyard shirt because because Junkyard is still around. Junkyard is still around. Okay, and and. Beyond that, yeah. Nick also has a full-on fresh, like, arm tattoo of Junkyard Hollywood. And this and tattoo was actually in one of their music videos that they just put out. So they put out an album in 2017, and one of the singles off of it was um, 
come from the same cloth. And if you actually go through that video, me and a buddy of mine with our junkyard tattoos are right in the front. Wow! Yeah. Why the hell junkyard? Well, how did how did how did that happen? No, I mean oh, like oh, how did it happen? Okay, I mean because it's such an obscure band, just like what you know on Absolutely. behalf of our fans and their people listening on the on the podcast so, here. Uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard about M3 down in Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a big festival. Brings together a lot of metal bands and whatnot. So it's usually a kick show. Yes, exact kick. Well, yeah, because kicks is from down there. So I mean, the kicks is always the headliner on the first night. Yeah. Uh, I guess two and two years ago, I mean, my buddy Tommy decided to go to M3. Um, Okay. Well, uh, we were going down for a couple bands, and we didn't really know about Junkyard. Um, to be honest with you, he thought it was Jack. <laughs> okay. And I even so, told him, I said, if he breaks out that chainsaw, I'm running for the hills, man. <laughs> so well, that, that's that's Jackal. Right. So yeah, he thought it was Jackal. Right. We no. didn't even know. We didn't it was know junkyard. about Junkyard at the point, so he thought it was Jackal. We got confused. So we go up anyway, interested. Um, and from the first note, I was just hooked. Right. I mean, after that, I Nick, followed them around. Nick, it's it's been awesome. Do you know what a podcast is? I do. Okay, so this is uh, Middle-Aged Metalheads. Yes. That's us. Okay. You check us out. I will. Uh, I actually put a, a put a sticker on Nick. He We're going to go talk with Jeff Tate right now. All right. Well, you have any questions for Jeff? I, I don't. Can I, I just... shake his hand? Um, <laughs> See, how does he still I... sing like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All that, right. That, that, that's a legitimate question. But, I literally, uh, I looked at him all I, I Just tell him thank you. I mean, thank you for two incredible shows back to back. Yeah, that, that, that's, well, that's not a question, but it's it's good praise. Thank, Thank you, Nick. And uh, follow us there on the I Facebook will. page and uh, look for our snarky comments and whatnot. <laughs> and we're going to we're gonna go with Sean this way. So thank you, guys. If you're still hanging around, right. like, smoking cigarette butts, we'll, like, we'll come out and hang out with you. Hello? Maybe we can just keep everybody off the bus until we're done. Well, we love ambient noise, so it's, you know, <laughs> unless we're going to, like, do some, like, in-depth. Trust me, it, it gets really loud. Okay, so, check Oh, you want to wear it? If, yeah, no, no, that, that take, yeah, I can do it. It, it frees up a hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just put it in your pocket. Well, that way I can drink without yeah, uh, being no, interrupted. That's, that's how it should be. <laughs> so, our premise is that, obviously, we're metal-aged, we're metalheads, and... We started a podcast. How old are you guys? I'm 52. Oh, okay. And I'm, uh, I'm 48. Hmm. And 60. We started. 60. <laughs> we started a podcast, and the whole uh, the whole concept is to talk about metal, talk about music, talk about our lives and how we've changed, we've matured, we've uh, watched some life go by now, and uh, it is an absolute, truly honor to be able to sit down with you for a few minutes and talk to you about yourself. Um, your, what your, can I tell you? Well, uh, here's where I want to start. Now, um, I, we just said you were 60. I wasn't going to bring that up, but we know you're 60. Um, oh, I'm kind of proud of it. <laughs> well, you should be, right. And and looking back now so, yeah. on the last 40-plus um, years in music, when you look at everything, and I know that's hard because you've been everywhere and done you know, millions of things, how do you sum up or how do you wrap your head around your career at this stage of your life? Uh, yeah, that is really hard to do, to sum up anything. I think the older I get, the more difficult it is to sum anything up because I, I feel like there's less black and white, you know, that things are really, really vague and gray. And um, a lot of the rules we grew up thinking were true and facts 
and laws uh, have changed and the world's a different place and it keeps changing you know and I think the challenge being human is to keep up with the changes and try to keep an open mind without getting like too cynical and too jaded because it's easy to do you know the longer you're around mm -hmm. the more you start comparing how it used to be with how it is now and mm -hmm. and then that can just lead to uh, disappointment <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's it's really hard to keep uh, keep up with the changes you know I find a lot and I don't mean to be hogging the mic but I find a lot in our in our podcast you're right we we have a tendency to go back to the 80s and back to what we loved and grew up on and what yeah. we believed in but we're, we're trying to look forward we're trying to say where are we now and what's happening next I was reading an article today about you and you said in, to that uh, interviewer you have a, a ton of material you're just not sure is it a record how am I going to do this is it coming mm. out and and I, I get that is to me what you just said is is what how I take that is it's not as it's not like it was back in the day when you were just starting out and things kind of followed that formula or made sense or whatever and uh, and I find it's very interesting how we're all now looking and saying I don't want to be cynical I'll be honest it's hard like you said not to be sometimes you mm -hmm. want it you want it. so where do you think this material this future this 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 next step for you is going to because obviously you're doing all of your, I have no your celebration idea. i have no idea <laughs> i hope that you know it's going to hit me you know like a two-ton heavy thing to quote myself yeah uh, <laughs> you know at, at some point over the summer um we're susan and i are going to rent a house in france for the summer and um so we could be close in Europe because we're doing a lot of festivals with Aphantasia and mm -hmm. flying back and forth to Seattle from Europe is it's 60 it's harder <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's a long yeah time so we're just gonna stay years. in France and you know hang out and I mean, I've got a lot of uh, music in the works and we'll see if something doesn't hit me you know like how to put it out how to how to explain it even I don't even know at, at this point but um, the, the, the difficult thing is all the models have changed you know um, there is no record company anymore they're they're, they're worthless um, I I can do just the same amount of business on my own without right. them you know uh, and that's just because I've been around a long time I got 19 albums and millions of records sold on fans in 65 countries and, and you have you name know, recognition have name recognition now that doesn't work for for a young band but for an old geezer like me yeah. do, 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 do you think that's liberated in, in a sense that you don't have to like kowtow to like uh, you know the studio executives and their expectations as to what the music should sound like or like oh, yeah, look yeah. or anything oh yeah well you know haven't really done a lot of that in my life uh, I've kind of been a bit of a a person that pushes the boundaries you know of, of what I do uh, much to the frustration of some of my fans who wish I would you know do the cliche metal thing you know but uh, we can get into that yeah yeah okay. but you know it's not what I'm really into now and then I like it you know, I like to like cut loose and do something real basic. You yeah. Know? Uh, but then I I like a lot of different things. You know, I I like uh, all kinds of different music. So it's it's hard for me to stay in one direction you know, for very long. So so I have like an involved question that it's going to like wrap in like some of the the things that we're talking about because you're you're wrapping up here this uh, this Operation Mind Crime like full suite the the entire album, and again that brings out fans 
who are fans of the album, fans of the Queensryche era at that mm. particular time. Um, and, and certainly one of the, the driving themes of what we do with middle-aged metalheads is kind of explore like what, what that nostalgia means, like the idea of like hearkening back to the past without necessarily being stuck in that past. Um, do, do you think that, that sometimes like when you when you perform shows that I, I've seen you here at Sellersville like four times now, uh, which is freaking fucking awesome. Um, and, and, and I have to say, like, I, I saw you a few times back in the in the in the late 80s uh, mm-hmm. with, with 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 the full band and whatnot. And they altered my perception of reality. Oh, good. In, in, in a good Mission way. accomplished. In, 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 in a, <laughs> as, as, as all of your music did, it was, again, it was a, a thinking man's metal. If that's something yeah. that's kind of insulting to people because you, you brought in, like, the whole hair metal band and stuff. But, but do you think now, like, performing uh, uh, something like Operation Mindcrime in its entirety or next year, because that's what's going on with the, the current... Uh, news is that there will be a 30-year empire to yeah yeah wow but do you think like just like catering to the nostalgia is just is that enough for you does it just because i i would say that that yes it would be enough uh susan is raising her hand here okay no but 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 again because don't you think it's okay for middle-aged people to be fine liking what they like yeah. Anyway, do we have to actually try to be cool? Can we just now at middle age? Can we just like what we like and be okay with it? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean? Like as Jeff so. said, like just celebrate the music. And yeah. again, I think it's you it's wanna, a, you want to do Empire? Do Empire. It's your record. Will people stand up? Like. Will they dance? I've never ever played it before. The whole thing. There's cool. songs on that album I've never played live before. Really? So I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know. And yeah. I think a lot of people. Uh, of people that are fans of Queensryche and and what I do will appreciate that and want to come and hear it too, you know. No, absolutely. I, I think because uh, just as was demonstrated here mm. uh, with uh, with the encore that you provided there with Best I Can and Empire mm. and Silent Lucidity, I did not forget a song. I don't think. So. And Jet City Woman. Jet City, City Woman. Woman. Yeah, you did forget oh, one. Of okay, mm. but there was again. It was like a little sweet too of uh, of Empire. And and that was the thing that got the people stoked. It's yeah. like, why aren't they going to listen to uh, you know the, the the Sweet Oblivion album? Hmm. Well, no. After listening to our podcast or listening to like your your conversation with another fellow there on on Rock Talk, it's like, oh my gosh! It's like, and I I, I gave Colin a copy of it, but it's like that is amazing stuff. And I think hmm. there there was also a little quandary too, like. Do we have to like make it sound like this? Does Jeff have to sing like, you know, late '80s era? Does do the guitars have to do that like high pitched squealing stuff? Yeah, because <laughs> because you know now and then, yeah, it's kind of fun to do that, you know, and yeah. and that's what that record is. It's just kind of like a, a return to something I've done already, but yeah. doing it kind of differently, you know. And I haven't done a record like that in a long time. Um, uh, I've been interested in other things. And I might not do another record like that for a while, or I may. I don't. I don't really know. You're, you're <laughs> definitely kind of taking whatever direction your life yeah, seems I to just, go. Yeah. The thing is, I just get interested in something and I just start going for it, you know, until I get done with it. And then I, I bought a boat, oh, you know, because okay. I got really into it, 
Yeah. And Susan said, don't buy the boat. No, don't buy it. Don't buy it. But I bought it yeah. anyway. And like 10 years, we owned that boat. And we sailed it like, what, eight, ten times or something like that in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like pretty much a place to put the money. You know, you put the money into the boat. And right. It looked really good. It was a great looking boat because they kept it up, you know, really... I, I imagine it being like something like romantic in the sense of like a, a song that you guys never performed off of Empire that uh, is anybody listening? It's yeah. Like, you know, voice to That's sail. one of the ones I've never... Yeah. Okay. okay. I, well, Queensryche never performed it, but I, I have played that song in my solo presentations a couple of times, but I really want to play it right, you know, on the next tour. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say like coming off of uh, Rage for Order... Operation Mind Crime, and then on Empire, like that album closer, like as anybody listening was like, right? when it spoke like phil philosophically, it, it, it got into like my existential core. Yep. Right, Colin. Absolutely. Did did the success <laughs> of Empire and Operation Mind because they were obviously triple platinum for some huge. Did it change your? How did it change your life and your career when those exploded and Queensrÿche became? The, the the mega stars, the, the mega radio play. The well, it really fractured the band, actually, because uh, there were people in the band that wanted to have, you know, uh, characters of themselves become action figure dolls. And there were those of us that thought that was completely ridiculous and wouldn't stand for that. So that was the fracture point, you know. Who wants to be like ultimately commercial and you know giving into being a pop boy band so to speak mm -hmm. or who wants to keep exploring the art you know who wants to walk away from the spotlight for a while I did you know so that kind of like um, yeah I guess fracture is a good right. a good it didn't split it the band but it actually put the big fissure in it you know when you did your first solo album after that fracture, after that break, when you approached that, did you specifically want to not follow that same pattern? And do you approach your solo stuff differently and almost say in your head, I don't want this to match Queensryche? I don't want this to be what I've done before? No, it's more more of a um, what do I want it to be rather than what I don't want it to okay. be. It was uh, it just exploring... Um, working with different people mm -hmm. like I, I come from a really varied musical background and the guys in Queensryche didn't you know right. they came from like Kiss Iron Maiden background and I came from like Daryl Hall and John Oates and Yes and Genesis and Aretha Franklin and that and the Beatles and that right. kind of stuff right so we had some, a lot of differences there so I wanted my solo album to be a reflection of my musical tastes okay. rather than theirs because right. they weren't involved. You know? <laughs> right. And you're a saxophonist, right? Yeah. I learned. Yeah. I, I, did, I did not know that. I learned I'm, a, that I'm a piano player and a saxophonist and a singer. Yeah. Wonderful. I, I, I know we're short on time. I have a couple more questions, but you guys are ready to... No, I, and I think uh, Jeff has rocked the saxophone here at the Sellersville Theater before. Oh, nice. uh, mm -hmm. People were kind of weirded out, I think, by that. It's like, okay. And it, why would that be? I, I think because it's like you're the front man, you sing. It's kind of like that moment in like uh, the Iron Maiden Live After Death where it's like, oh, Bruce Dickinson's playing guitar? What the fuck's up with that? He plays it for like 
I don't know, 30 seconds in Revelation, then he tosses it away, and then, then he wears like a feather mask. Well, so it just, it just seems like it, it defies people's expectations. Well, it's like Susan's point, though, I think what we're discovering as we get older is we like what we like. We yeah. expect certain things. And what the hell is and, wrong and with that? And there's nothing. Right, yeah. It does really? kind of play with your mind, though. That Absolutely. If you start playing saxophone, that's not what we see in you when we all grew up looking at you in the album covers and the magazines and things we didn't see a saxophone in your hands so we see it you're enjoying it you're good at it it's just not what our mindset and isn't that the other thing too because as you get older and you have more time you can do these things you know you can do you know i i want to speak french i think i'll learn that or i want to play a saxophone or you know whatever it is that you want to do you now you have time so go ahead and do those things you know, and with him, of course, it it starts infiltrating into the the music. You know, yeah. The 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 French album's coming out. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, oh. it's gonna record an album in France, but I don't. It'll be in okay. English, yeah. 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 Okay. Do you speak French? No. Okay. He's been working on it. Oh, good. Okay. Not, not conversation. I can speak menu French. You know. There you go. Yeah. Or you just that big point. So important. <laughs> that's all. That's all that matters. Yeah, you when, don't want to go hungry when it comes down to it. And parlez-vous tourist is like, oh, so you're going to speak English now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go back a little ways here to uh, w- one of my first sort of like uh, encounters with with with, with Queensrÿche was somewhere around like 1984, 85, and there was like some really powerful album reviews and like Hit Parader. Or Circus Magazine. Those are the things that I had subscriptions to. And that, that was kind of like the sight unseen way that you kind of got into bands. Unless there, was a, unless there was like somebody else who knew of the Love band it. and had a copy and they would loan you a copy or they'd make you a dub. You, you couldn't do what you do now in terms of like, hey, are you guys into... You know... We're, we're going to get the hook soon. We got to get, get our questions. Okay, but... Uh, I remember. Colin might get kicked out because he's interrupting me. Sorry, uh, Car- Carrie's not even here. <laughs> but uh, I remember very distinctly reading this uh, this glowing letter that was turned into Hit Parader magazine that was like imploring people to like check out this new positive, complicated difficult but like rewarding band called Queensryche and their uplifting power ballad not no no not as not a power ballad but anthemic song take hold of the flame and it was signed by Jeff Tate's mother hmm and I was like maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe but it was it was one of those things where, where for me it was like these guys are like authentic they're like they're not just like rock stars they're like they have their family involved hmm. and they have like their local stories they're like they're there's something genuine it, it, it was like a moment after listening to the records like oh they're human people and they have moms and dads do you remember did, did you have like a bad publicist or you just bribed your mom to write that letter uh because again, I, it, just, it was such like a powerful letter. It's like, hmm. Christ, how did that happen? Yeah, you she, well, she, she kind of does whatever the hell she wants to, so you just can't stop her. You know? Yeah, that's like circa like 80, 
five or so. Uh, I think like Ozzy or maybe Quiet Riots on the cover hmm. or something. It's like sure it wasn't Andy Sesher from Circus Magazine that wrote it or Hip Raider. <laughs> it again. It, it was. I think it was referencing. It's like my son Jeff Tate, oh. really great singer, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but uh, again, we you know Colin and I are kind of the same age, so we kind of like grew up like listening to Queen's record, and, mm. and, and it definitely is like a. a a difficult kind of music to get into genre wise in that particular period. And I know you, you, you've talked in former interviews about like the genreification of like metal and how over the course of one, two, three decades or so that it's, mm-hmm. it's changed a little bit. So a maybe, bit, maybe you yeah. can talk a little bit about like, well, people, the, 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 people the pluses that, and minuses. People that are, that are metal, I'm going to call them metal heads for lack of a better, better term. And that's one I'm comfortable with. They like their metal to be classical, ba- classically based. Mm-hmm. They like classic, um, well, you know, classic music. Uh, European music is based on uh, a style of music that is very old. So, like the, the song structure, song structure, and the chording and melodies. Mm-hmm. It's all very classically music mm-hmm. based. Mm-hmm. You start throwing other in musical influences in there like R&B or, or uh, jazz fuck yeah. no not jazz it <laughs> fucks please, people please up it jazz. fucks people up they cannot even understand yeah. it right or, or, you, or you throw a lot of uh, electronic sort of uh, bedding to it as well exactly that, that fucks up people too that's not metal I'm no because metal. because they 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 define people like to define things they like things in black and white and they they have a tendency to describe metal as uh, up-tempo music. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, it's played with uh, guitars being very forefront mm-hmm. and leading the band. Um, the guitar is usually doing sixteenth uh, notes like this, and the vocalist is singing an octave above middle C, and that's what people define as metal. And it's it's got to be classically based. Anything other than that, then it gets perplexing for people, and they don't have an ear for it. Yeah, know? they don't have a palate, or it yeah. just doesn't, doesn't fit into yeah, this. Because of now thing. it's uncomfortable yeah, for them. And I like that uncomfortable. <laughs> I was just going to say, place. but you've gone there, and you don't like mind that. that place. I like that place, you know, yeah. and that's where my, my tastes lie. So, And I like kind of big, epic music that tells a story. And most metal, most metal, is exploring very few emotions it's exploring hate and violence which is cool to explore we've all felt those emotions i think yeah very primal stuff but other emotions uh, it doesn't really do well um in in describing you know and uh face it that's what music is it's a it's a descriptive art form that that helps us uh experience our emotions Sometimes we can't talk about it. Sometimes we can't explain what it is we're feeling. But this song does it, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what we look for. The universal language, right? Of music. So that and it's just, it's got to be, I think, the most powerful art form there is. I mean, the painting is big deal, you know? Huh? Yeah, it's two you know? dimensional. Yeah. I like paintings, but it doesn't move. Hard. I've never been moved by a painting okay, like I have. So there's a the music. question then. Uh, Jeff Tate at the Tate Gallery in London. What What are some of your favorite paintings? Poof. 
Well, not actually named after Jeff Tate. But. I I like I like uh, the Impressionist era. I love the Belle Epique and the time of the turn of the 20th century when things got weird. You know, I love that. You know a lot about paintings. I don't know a hell of a lot about it. For someone who doesn't respect paintings. Yeah. But if you saw a Picasso, or if you saw like a, a Pizarro, or if you saw like a, you know, a, I would appreciate you know, it. But yeah. it doesn't move me. It won't make me cry. It won't. It won't make me feel yeah. like like yeah. throwing my fist in the air. Nothing does that but music. When it, the, when it comes to art, dance, ballet, or jazz dance, or impressionistic dance, I'm not. I'm not moved by it. Where I'm like feeling like you know, like I do when I when I'm when I hear a song that moves me. You know, nothing. Nothing does it like film. Take take music out of film. What do you got? You got a bunch of people looking pretty weird up there. Like, turn the TV down sometime and just That's watch right. it. Yeah. Movie doesn't move you. Yeah. <laughs> Ask him if he's watched Nosferatu without the, any sort of score to it. Like, hey, this is not scary. Yeah, it's the most powerful medium there is. It moves people. You know? Absolutely. And that, that's that's not to sound egocentric, which I, I am, of course, somewhat egocentric given what I do. But I like that trying to move people with yeah. the music you know i i want to see people get up and dance or or so throw their fist in the air or, or grab their the their lover and uh kiss them because that's their song you know yeah. i love that that that's i live for that and people say well don't you get tired of singing like silent lucidity no because every night there's a there's a show going on in front of me of people that that's their song it means so much to them and they're they're living it, you know, yeah. and every night is different. So, so uh, and, and so uh, to that experience, like the, the idea that it, when you perform these like long suites of songs uh, that are from like albums that are specific to a particular era, this kind of excludes like new new fans. Let's let's just say like in theory, but still kind of fucking awesome. Is it awesome that people are like singing the lyrics? Oh yeah, full throatedly. Because I, I know, like, like going back to like 1988 when I was like 17 years old or so, once I figured out that there was a persona in Operation Minecraft, I was like, uh, okay. Then it was like, it's it's about a guy. Yeah, it's about a, it's about a guy. It's not about Queen Drive because Queen Drive yeah. is not like about like overturning the government or like shooting uh, heroin. But uh, again, seeing you perform. Um, the whole kind of like uh, you get into character. You are yeah. you are Nikki. You are you know if there's a narrator, there's somebody who has to voice this, and it, and it's you, and you you kind of you know get yeah into that character. Is, is, that, some is nights, that something that you imagine when you first started writing my yeah. time that you were going to do this? Almost no, it, it didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that I thought it at the time. It just sort of started happening, mm -hmm. and and then we we did the. Uh, the album in its entirety and it was just became something I just started feeling you know and doing yeah. and um, you know it's weird you, you bring this up but um, just uh, the last month uh, I was on tour with uh, this band I've been playing with called Aventasia okay, a yeah. huge European band yeah, absolutely. and we did a, a show in Montreal and we had a day off in Montreal <laughs> and uh, uh, a bunch of us went out and we're looking for a place to have dinner and they said well Jeff you've been to the city you know where to go where do we go and I go oh I know this Italian place it's on Rue Saint-Denis so we go to Rue Saint-Denis and we go to the Italian restaurant and it's a beautiful 
summer evening and we're sitting out on this balcony and it's right across the street from the St. Sapice where I wrote Mind Crime. And I, I'm telling Tobias Samet, who's the leader, main guy of Avantasia, I go, yeah, this is where I wrote Mind Crime. And he goes, let's go there right now. Yeah. So we went across. Is it Arby's or something? No, it's like a sports bar now. So we walk inside, oh. and uh, he goes, "Where did you? Where were you sitting? Where was your table?" You know. And so we like explored the place. I said, "Well, this is where I was sitting, and this is where the character of Doctor X was every night, mm-hmm. sitting right there, holding court." And uh, he got, he got a sports bar. He got a kick out of it. He was because he has an imagination. He could see kind of what it perhaps it was from my description because it used to be just a dank dark place you know just a sleaze bar right which seems right. appropriate right yeah well it fit the times and it fit the the situation that was going on in canada at the time you know i'm familiar sure. with Amitasia, and i can see why you guys would get along with the, the storytelling and the characters and yeah the, he's a wonderful I, storyteller I, every, every night it was <laughs> such a, a treat to uh just kind of live in his imagination in this world that he created on the show, you know, it's just a really strange, bizarre, but beautiful kind of uh, place. <laughs> and the, the songs are beautiful, and uh, I wish I could sing on every one because I love everything that he, that he does. The way you told that story, it sounds like he wanted to go where you created Mind Crime because that that point of inspiration, he wanted to grab something yeah. from that and well, say, he, oh my he, God, it's right here. He yeah. could definitely relate to it, and uh, we, we had many conversations about creativity and how it it happens and where it happens and how do you how you work with it and how you try not to get in the way of it but just let it happen you know and mm-hmm. yeah, he, he understands that nice yeah and then sometimes revisiting the same place isn't like revisiting the same place or the same time it's, yep. it, it, it's where the lightning strikes two thoughts that have been in my head that I just I need to ask about first is the wine I did not know that you had a wine side project I guess we'll call it or a wine you produce wine mm-hmm. how did that start I like to drink wine okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just I, I was just curious you know, I like <laughs> to drink wine I should like you know have wine <laughs> okay at all times yeah so but, but, but there but there are a lot of uh, let, let's say like classic uh, hard rock bands who've kind of like side hustled into beer or wine so Coffee. is it or yeah. coffee, yeah. I, I, there's mm-hmm. like a David Elphison sort of like. Oh uh, yeah, he's like the coffee king. Yeah, he's Benante has his whole line. Of yeah, I, yeah. I've noticed a lot of that too. It's almost like, and you pointed this out. Uh, I think it was you, Susan. You you know what you like. You have the time now to explore different things. So let's make a coffee. Let's make a wine. Let's have a yeah. beer. Let's be have, a fashion yeah. designer. Tico Torres was doing like baby uh, uh, fashion and right. stuff. So it's like, okay, yeah. now that's weird. <laughs> not for Tico. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's, let's let him have it, you know. He, he was, well, he, Susan's family uh, is from uh, this beautiful area in Germany, uh, right at the Swiss, Switzerland, France, German area right there. And uh, it's called Alsace, and it's this beautiful place. And they've been making wine for generations. And so we were sitting around one night thinking, hey, let's let's do a wine and we started doing it you know and so all these years later here we are and we're still doing it and every year we have a october we have a big uh harvest festival uh music presentation we do and party and uh, to celebrate mm-hmm. the new release and it's really fun it's a lot of very uh festive people 
eating, that's necessary, drinking, playing yeah. music, and lots, lots of different musicians show up from around the world, and everybody gets up on a stage, and in this small little tiny German village, and everybody goes Le- crazy. Was there Lederhosen involved in this? There's no, uh, no rules. No rules. No, okay. It just goes until it goes all night until everybody goes home. You know. Wow, that's good to know. Yeah. The other question I had was, you're always ranked as one of the top metal singers of all time, depending upon which uh, listing you're looking at. You could be anywhere from one to in the top 10, top 15, etc. When you look at singing and, and you're looking at other vocalists or people that you respect, who do you find as an inspiration or who do you follow or who do you like or who did you model yourself after when, you, when you're thinking about singing in and of itself? Well, I think one thing that a lot of people do is they sort of try to make music into a sporting event. Mm-hmm. And I like sports, but I don't think music is a sporting event at all. It's not about competition, you know. It's not who's the best, because there is no best. You know, best is impossible to quantify, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's people that are really great at what they do you know uh, and what they have done and there's people that keep doing it year after year there's people that can't do it anymore um uh, i i when i grew up i was listening to the song you know and uh not so much the the singer and uh, how they did it but how the song made me feel right and I, i grew up in this beautiful time of the 60s and the 70s where there there weren't genres there weren't um competition in music like there is now it was it was more like people were were bending the rules and making art you know they were right. just dreaming up these new ways of doing things you know and it was incredible so and we listened to everything the radio stations played everything from the beatles to the supremes to uh, you know James Brown to Arlo Guthrie, you know the Eagles, and you know, it Iron just goes on and on. Just, you know? It's all in there. Yeah, it, it was everything, you know. So that's kind of what I grew up on. Now, as, as an older person, um, I, I just toured for three months with Avantasia, and I tell you, to be a Samet, amazing singer. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a three and a half hour show he does, yeah, and he's singing at the at very challenging music at the top of his range every night and he never misses a note he's strong and he gets stronger as he goes which is a great trait to have mm-hmm. as a singer and uh, he doesn't hold back you know and I, I respect that from him because a lot of people would be in that situation they'd be going oh well I'm not going to hit that tonight I'll just right. you know, skirt around it you know no he goes for it every night well, well damn Jeff, I, I have to say for like a for, for the crowd here at Sellersville, I don't think you like left anything on the bus. You brought like everything. You hit, you know, like the like the, the veins were popping. The, out the veins it. were popping. There was like <laughs> the beads of sweat were like if it was a cartoon. It, but again, it was like. Uh, yeah, singing this stuff is not a pretty picture. No, <laughs> no. But, 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 and, and, you get all these weird faces, you know. But, but, but it's like what I tell my students, too. It's like when you go and see a Shakespearean uh, actor perform, you're going to see, like, the spit fly. You're going to see things that are going to, you know, up close make you feel uncomfortable about the performance. But, like, that's the humanity of it. It's like it's like it's not an easy thing to, like, bring all of this passion out through your mouth. But uh, true. But goddamn, Jeff, you you did it again tonight, and and again, it, it just it just 
confirms our, our great adoration and appreciation for, for what, what you brought to all of us in, in well, terms of your, you. your musical output. And we're all obviously very curious about what the, the, you know, the Empire 30 tour will be like. I hope so. Yeah. Or maybe someplace bigger. Who what knows? Empire and. Empire and. Well, there's talk of what, maybe, Susan? maybe opening with Rage and then going into Empire. So. What? Yeah. Haven't done what? that whole album in a while, so that'd be kind of fun. A little inside, uh, thank you, Susan. A little inside scoop. I, I, I really I, a huge rage. I, fan. Je- oh, Jeff, I have to say, like the the the, 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 fir- the first the first time I saw you, guys, I'm not wearing a wig. <laughs> <laughs> you got you. I, I had no idea what to expect the first time I saw you here, and my friend Angela, who might still be here. Uh, we were just standing there. It's like, okay, so Jeff Tate's going to come on. And it's going to be like, it's not Queensryche. And we're like, okay, it's going to be fine. And then it was like New Regal and like Screaming and Digital. And it's like, fuck. What, oh, what was that just, last time I came here? Maybe the this might go back like three years or okay, so. Yeah. But it was like. I love this that, theater. That was so was unlikely. And it, and it was just like, oh my God. This is like, could you. And I remember talking to like your young guitarist about like, hey, this is what we like. We like to go back to like Rage for Order. Can you just play that like top to bottom, T to B? Because panties moist. It's going to be like, it's going to be awesome. And the guitarist is just kind of like, nah, Jeff wants to do the solo stuff. He wants to like, you know, do a cat. It's like, could you just do Rage for Order? Just like, I like you're, getting the, you're getting the full court press. 2020, full rage. Full rage. Full and empire. Full rage, full empire. Yeah. And then I'm going to retire. Two acts. Two, two <laughs> acts. And you're done. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's Because that'll kill me. <laughs> no, but, but, but that, that would, again, it's like, you know. Mick Jagger just like came back from heart surgery and he's like dancing and scared. He's like, all right. Yeah. It's like, like nothing happened. Yeah, I you know, know he's, he's one of your uh, favorite bands. Guys like him are really an inspiration because he's the next generation older than me, you know, and he's For still sure. doing it. So I, yeah. I figure, oh, well, maybe 40 year Operation Mindcrime, uh, you know, I could probably do that. What? You know, seven in my 70s singing it. If not, yeah, I could, you know, I could get like those motorized wheelchairs. Oh, the rascals. Like the mic stuck on there and on the joystick oh my gosh oh my gosh (laughs) that's it's almost about it it's almost like something out of like uh you know metalocalypse or something i thought about that during the show i was like no but i was like this is 30 i'm like 40 40 i'm like Good. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with singing at 70. You still sound great. So I was like, maybe there is. Yeah, as long as you can still do it, you know, I guess that's the the key right there. And no, then that I think that's the absolute key. Cause like yeah. we we've we've seen uh, other singers fronting bands from the same era, hmm. uh, and we're not gonna like call them like uh, Joe Elliott or who else we're we talking about like uh, Jeff Keith or we're gonna Tom Kiefer. These, the voice is just like oh. Just they can't uh, they can't hit the they can't hit those notes anymore because yeah. they, they were always they were always hitting those high notes to begin with or maybe or even Brian Johnson too kind of blew his throat out too it's just I think it's an occupational hazard so how have you avoided that well um, you don't do like the 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 honey and tea stuff no, right no uh, you know I I made this deal with Satan 
Oh, ever since I did. Awesome. There's a lot of being disclosed tonight. <laughs> Hashtag David. So someday there's a price to pay. Hashtag David Timoney, yeah. are you listening? That's what I'm saying. The next tour, that's it. You know, that's all I got. Because <laughs> the, the invoice has to be paid. <laughs> paid in full. All right. Well, listen, it has been an absolute pleasure, both of you. I, and it was just a fantastic time. Thank you again. Yep. I, I can tell you, we, we walked the, the floor a little bit after the show. People are hoarse from singing along. Oh, good. They're, they're, they're loving it. They're excited. It's, uh, it's really, every, everything you've done is truly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you.